This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast that gets you all caught up on everything that is North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin. And we've got some live sports to talk about. I know the summer is always fun when we kind of go on our little rants and that kind of stuff. But now we've got an actual stance and, you know, stuff to talk about. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to do our usual four-quarter format for this week's episode. Uh, first quarter, we're going to recap week one of the football season. Um, some good results, some interesting results, something we didn't expect. And uh, um, so we'll break that down in the quarter. In the second quarter, we've got an interview for you as always. In the third quarter, we're going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And in the fourth quarter, we get you all ready for week two. Um, a lot of fun matchups. I kind of like the way the state has kind of changed the way it's approached stuff, where you see a lot of fun matchups in week one and week two. So um, we definitely had that in week one, and we're going to have that again in week two. So we're looking forward to uh, breaking that down. But just a quick reminder before we get started, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. We always appreciate your uh, support. Um, and make sure you spread the word as well as you're at those sporting events. Always appreciate, um, you know, when people are uh, saying they enjoy the podcast, want this, want that. Always appreciate everybody's community support. So uh, thank you, as always, to everyone who listens. But let's get things started here. I'm going to bring in Joe. And we've got um, some interesting stuff to talk about in the first quarter, some stuff that kind of went the way um, we expected it to go, and then some stuff that didn't go the way we expected it to go. Let's start off with the one that we didn't expect Um and that was just a Loyola dominating performance to start off the season. Um, you know, we those matchups, Joe, are kind of hard where you've got a team from out of state. You don't know how good they are. You don't really know what 5A means in the different states. Like, is that the highest level? Is that the, you know, medium level like it is here, you know, for when it comes to enrollment? So um, you never really know what to do. And Loyola just dominated uh, Grand Rapids uh, Catholic Central. Um, just to put together a pull performance, 45 to 7, scoring on their first four possessions with a touchdown um, and also getting an interception on their first defensive possession. So, um, Joe, it kind of seemed like, you know, same old Ramblers, same old team, just, you know, doing the same thing that they did, did all season last year. Yeah, absolutely. Reminiscent of, I guess, their opener last year on ESPN against the team from out of state. Um, they just took care of business uh, and efficiently and, uh, uh, brutally. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know what to say. We, we, we definitely, I guess, overestimated or underestimated, uh, depending on who you're talking about. Um, but we missed the mark and then, uh, that's okay. That's okay. With Loyola coming out as a huge victor. Um, I think we were both just, uh, uh concerned is the right word, but, um, we wanted to see it, the offense. Uh, we knew the defense right. was pretty dominant, but we wanted to see, you know, new faces all over the place and a junior quarterback and um, um, who's going to catch the football. And uh, we, we, we saw some special things out of Ryan Fitzgerald and uh, their running back Drew McPherson had a great day, uh, both running and catching the football. Um, and then their defense, of course, uh, was, was strong throughout and let up a touchdown, I think on the second or even third unit late in the game. So that good of a Loyola team kind of, that system just reloading and um, a lot of talent all over the field. And they proved it against a very talented opponent, albeit maybe a smaller one. Yeah, it was really interesting. Just, you know, we had like 
a lot of questions, obviously not knowing about the offense. And it seems like Ryan Fitzgerald kind of answered those questions. You know, he was able to move the ball effectively, you know, down the field. Um, two touchdowns on the first four possessions. Drew McPherson scored the other two touchdowns as a running back. But um, I talked to Coach uh, Desherow, uh, you know, for our notebook, and he said he looked like a two-year starter. Like, he had the experience. He knew when to check down. He knew the right reads and that kind of stuff. And, I mean, that's essentially the key to any offense, obviously, but especially this offense. Like, depending on how Ryan Fitzgerald does and if he stays healthy, like, this offense will only go as far as he'll go. Yeah, I think so, too. Um and, you know, it helps that they, they kind of have this dominant line that both has size and skills and good technique and everything yeah. and um, to, to take some of that pressure off. Um, but, yeah, if he plays like that, you know, and I, I tried to stream it as much as I could. Um, so I was able to watch it a little bit as he made the throws and uh, he looks really good on his feet. Really, um, he's big and uh, he's shifty, though. He's very quick, very athletic. You know, got all that stuff, agility and balance that goes with that athleticism. So I, I think he's going to be that kind of guy, um, maybe a little more running than Sterney did. And uh, just because, I mean, Sterney had all the weapons, such a great pocket passer. While he develops that, he's got that um, that safety valve where he can get positive yards. I think he's going to get a lot of first downs that way. Um, but yeah, he, he, it was impressive. And I think having Drew McPherson, if there, we kind of saw a glimpse of it, um, he threw to him a, a decent amount. So having that outlet as well is going to be huge. I think I saw their tight end make a couple catches as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's coming along, and we'll see um, this week uh, against the local opponent in a big school in Naperville North. Um, but uh, all signs looking, looking going in the right direction for the Ramblers. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Sterney. Do you remember junior year? I, I'm having a hard time remembering. I feel like Sterney ran a lot during his junior year, didn't he? Like, obviously, he was trying to find out, you know, how to throw the ball and that kind of stuff. And um, didn't he run the ball a lot, too, like junior year? And I'm curious to see whether Ryan's going to do a similar thing where, you know, maybe the loyal offensive staff is like, you know, let's run him, like, let's let him develop as a passer. And then, you know, as the season kind of moves on, maybe he'll develop more of a rapport. Um, not that he really showed any struggles in the first uh, first game. Yeah, I think he ran more his junior year than his senior year, and that might have to do yeah. with um, as he's gaining his confidence as a passer and developing his weapons. I can actually look real quick and see what kind of yardage he put up his junior year on the ground. Um, give me one second here. It looks like he ran for like 530, which I think is, is N5 scores, 76 carries. And if I remember, a lot of those were design runs. So, yeah, he was second on the team in carries his junior year. Um, but that's only because Marco Maldonado got injured. But um, oh yeah, that was a big part of it, too, right? Maldonado goes down, and he steps into kind of sharing the load at, at uh, the rushing attack. But, um, yeah, I think we might see a lot of that from Fitzgerald, too. And he, he definitely looks like he has the uh, capabilities. Um, obviously, Colin Sheet had a big game, uh, finished with an interception, forced a fumble, two sacks, and a quarterback hurry. Just, I, I feel like for sometimes, you know, for these kids, it kind of is for granted. It's like, well, the defense obviously is going to do well for Loyola. But, I mean, that defense just dominated, just giving up a touchdown in the third quarter. Um, just kind of continue to do what they've been doing over the past, what, 15 years at this point. Yeah, watching that defense uh, fly to the football as much as I could on the stream. Um you know, we're used to it for Loyola, but um, every year you're, you're still kind of looking to see it and uh, it's going to be just as good as ever. Um, 
the linebackers are so good and so fast with Schneed and Hogg. Um, and uh, I think they're just going to be dangerous there. And uh, if they're able to force more turnovers, because I think they might have an added dose of athleticism with both those linebackers, with a Joe Kelly, with that secondary. Um, uh, I think, I think we could, we could see a, another special unit i was gonna say special but they're all special but um living up to the hype i guess yeah definitely um before we move on in the first quarter uh just an interesting note that i saw from the school yesterday that they're trying to add lights um obviously put in an amendment to their uh special use um that they have agreement with uh will obviously they would limit it to five uh night games for football i think it was 60 total nights of games and I think it was 20 non-football games uh, off the top of my head, but it uh, seems like lights might be coming to uh, Loyola if the neighbors agree with it, Joe. Yeah, you know, if you've been following at the record, uh, we uh, we had this kind of reported last year when they requested, they request every year, um, like temporary lights uh, for late fall practices since they go so deep into the fall and winter um, with their games. And that, you know, they were fundraising for the possibility of lights. And now we've seen that application come through to the village of Wilmette, where Loyola is located. And um, it's gonna be a challenge, uh, but they've got all their ducks in a row. And I'm sure they've got the administration to, you know, make a pitch that's quality and work with the neighbors. Um, I know they've already had meetings with neighbors, a couple, um, and they've already parsed down their request um, from something you know, according to their documentation, they, they first thought they could do like 180 nights with lights and it's down to yeah. 60. So uh, we'll see. I just know those neighbors are passionate and they don't want a lot of congestion on Friday nights. Obviously, that's going to bring um, traffic. It's going to switch it from Saturday afternoons, which might be a little calmer, to Friday nights, uh, which might be more chaotic. Loyola doesn't have a ton of parking capacity. Um, they use other facilities. So it's going to be a process, but we're going to be going through it. It's in, it's in front of some public meetings in September. So we'll start there. All right, let's move on over now to Nutrier, who started the season against uh, Hersey. And um, unfortunately for the Trebians, it kind of went the way that we expected. Hersey just showed off its dominance. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, with all the division talent, that division one talent that they have, and uh, kind of put it on the Trebians to start the season, Joe. Yeah, Hershey looks good. Hershey looks very good. Um, I want to start there. I mean, Nutria didn't play their best football, and they know it. And, um, they, again, got off to a slow start, but Hershey's a very good team. So let's give um, the uh, the Huskies their flowers here. Uh, I think they're going to have quite a season, and I don't know if they'll go unbeaten again, but they're certainly that type of team. Um, their defense really impressed me how speedy and physical they are. Um, on the defensive end, this is a neutral offense that we expected to do some things and was improved. I still think they are improved, but Hersey shut them down. Um, they shut down the run game and um, they really blanketed a couple of their receivers. So um, I think uh, Hersey's going to do, do some good things. Nutria's got some things to work on on the other side. Um, they've got to figure out how to open up space for or get, you know, give their quarterback time. Um, and open up some space in the run game, I think, is a huge thing for them. Um, they've got a dynamic back, but he needs some space to work. This isn't a 200-pound workhorse. This is a, you know, 160, 170-pound speed, you know, lightning guy. He needs a little space to get that momentum. So they're going to have to work on that and, and see how they can they can uh, figure that out. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, their defense, I thought, did a fine job. You know, they, they stepped on their own foot a couple times in that first quarter, um, keeping drives going that could they could have stopped right there, a personal foul here, another penalty there, um, that they stopped the, the Huskies. And then, uh, you know, the Huskies would come out with a big play. So um, that's on Nutrier and some discipline things and whatever. Um, I just think they need to clean that up. And um, I think their defense – looked really good at different parts of the ball game. Um, but uh, they're going to have to pick it up here because it doesn't get too much easier with Yorkville um, up ahead. Joe, put your uh, coaching hat on. What does this offense need to do to kind of adjust? Obviously, you know, Hersey has um, Hersey has a lot of, you know, talent and that kind of stuff to make stops. But, you know, what, what can Nutrier do offensively um, to kind of open things up more and kind of, you know, kind of use their playmakers the way that maybe they didn't do it against Hersey. Yeah, I think some of the play calling was good and we had some offensive mistakes, whether lack of execution or drops, you know, they, they did try to get the ball to some of their receivers on tunnel screens and uh, you know, you know, in space, letting them work. Uh, but we had drops just flat out hit them in the hands. We also had some misses from Hennigan of open receivers. So some of that was good. Otherwise though, Hennigan didn't have much time and uh, there was really very little room for uh, um, McCary to run like very little. Like, uh, so I, I, they just need more space. Uh, they need, they need the offensive line to execute better, whether that's in scheme or in execution uh, from their players. I'm not sure, not that smart on, on, on line development, but um, I really think they need to do a better job there. And if that had, means some different play calling, whether it's um, just hammering the ball up front um, on kind of like a under center type offense, um, or they're going to end up like last year where they just start airing it out all the time, putting the ball in Hennigan's hands over and over. Either he runs or he airs it out um, to uh, Kremiscoli or one of the other receivers. Um, I say one of the other receivers because Trey Myers might be out. Um, he, he suffered an injury that, could be bad. We don't know. Um, we'll find out, but um, it didn't look great. He got, he came to the sideline, no weight on it. And he was carted off. So from the sideline. So um, that's their second wide out, kind of their 1A, 1B with Kremiscoli. And I don't, he's, he's talented, but I, if he's there without him, they're going to have to have another guy step up and they got size there, but it's an experience and that showed its head a few times. So we'll see what they're able to do. I think that's a big hit for their offense. All right, we'll hit more on Nutrier um, in the rest of the podcast. Let's move over to Highland Park, Joe. I know you got a chance to catch up uh, um, with the Giants to start the year and a really impressive, you know, opening win. It's, it felt like a game where the Giants did what they needed to do against an opponent that maybe wasn't at the same level as the Giants. Yeah, certainly not the same level, but it was domination. It was execution early on both sides of the football. Man, their defense looked good and fast early, uh, making plays in the backfield all night. I think they had about eight or nine tackles for loss. Um, like I said in kind of some previews, the middle linebacker Tyler Glazer is uh, is super important to this team, and he showed up um, big in that first game. And um, he caused a fumble and he had a sack uh, or maybe just a couple of um, tackles for loss. And then their offense just was, was rolling. And um, they did a lot of it um, kind of through the air. Um, actually it was more balanced. I, I shouldn't say that they, they scored a couple touchdowns through the air, but it was balanced. Nico Rosenblum was getting his, getting his yards. Um, and uh, 
they had the turnovers that put them in good field position and they converted. So um, really just a good team effort um, through and through. And like you said, they kind of did what they should have done and needed to do in week one. Yeah, obviously a good way to start the season for the Giants. And uh, we'll hit on more on them on the third and fourth quarter as well. But let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrier football coach Brian Dull. Um, I know uh, he got a chance to catch up with Marty after the game. And uh, Joe probably broke down some, uh, you know, what all went right and what kind of went wrong in a tough matchup against Hersey. Yeah, Dole tell you here um, some things, some tough spots and um, that they put themselves into and also just uh, the, the talent that is the Hersey Huskies this year. All right, let's have a listen. Uh, I mean, we just started slow um, outside of the opening kickoff, which was offside. We just really had nothing going offensively and defensively. We, uh, you know, we had two really good chances to stop them on the first drive. And the face mask. The face mask really hurt. And then, you know, we had them stopped on third and five in the backfield and we missed a tackle and had three or four guys there and we stopped playing. Great lesson that you can't stop playing until the whistle. Um, and face mask is, you know, something we got to eliminate. I mean, we had two huge... Uh, personal, yeah, personal fouls that would have stopped drives, you yeah. know, and, and those they just can't afford that to happen against a good team. That was going to be my next question, Coach. How much did it hurt those two squandering those two chances yeah. really to get off the field, and then they turn it into a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, I think you know if we we can uh, get off the field and get our offense back on, uh, we're on the field too long defensively, obviously, yeah. in some long drives. Uh, and our offense really struggled to get anything going. I mean, first half, you know, I don't know what our total yardage is tonight, but it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah, I think um, when I added it up at halftime, 79 in the first half, yeah. two and first downs. Outside of the when we had the end, end stuff, I don't know how much offense we even had in the second half, maybe another 40 yards yeah. or something. It wasn't much, so uh, very low um, outcome there. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty bothered right now by some of the injuries, to be honest with you, so I'm, I'm thinking about those kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they're okay, but I'm also pretty realistic that they're injured. And so that's that's been a hard part to kind of swallow tonight, too, with yeah. two really key kids for us. Tough night in the U.S., for yeah, sure. for sure. Um, what would you attribute the slow start to a coach coming just in a tough environment week one? Yeah, um, I mean, look, they're a good team. I'll a mixture them, of... Yeah, I mean, it's a great environment. It's a great high school place to play. Um, you know, our, we, we struggled with this. Um, you know, last year, it was just we got kind of slow out of the gate and we played pretty tentative. I thought that's the way we played tonight. I thought we played pretty tentative defensively and offensively. We, you know, we just didn't make plays when we needed to. And, I, you know, I think our coaches kind of said it best. Offense, you got to have 11 guys all doing doing the right thing at the right time. And we had breakdowns. So you got to clean those up. And I'm confident that some of our guys can. We're going to have to find a couple guys to fill in some spots that did not uh, perform tonight like we thought they would. We'll have to, you know, see who else might be able to do that part of football. You know, after a week, you watch film, you adjust, and, you know, some other guys got to step up and step in. You know, I think defensively with how many safeties we had out coming into this game, you know, it was kind of a revolving door. We had two injuries going into the week, and obviously we had poor boy go out. So really we were down to, you know, like our third string safeties. And, you know, the kids played hard, and they played really well at the beginning of the third quarter. So proud of the, the kids that came in and, and did a nice job for us. And we, you know, we moved Miles around a lot. He played a lot of plays tonight. Yeah. But, you know, he's a warrior and did, did some nice things. Offensively, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but kind of what went wrong tonight, Coach? Just two first downs in the first half, like we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, we just made A it. lot of those 79 yards were two plays, Patrick yep. Scramble and yep. Miles' catch there. Yep. Um, yep. Obviously, against a team like this, yeah, two first downs in the first half isn't isn't going to play. No, um, I mean they, just, of, they played really clean. 
Um, you know, they look like they're in mid-season form right now, to be honest with you. They just they, they, they were not making mistakes, and, you know, we had some errors that we really got taken advantage of up front, and, you know, we had some holds that really hurt us, but I think the other thing that hurt us was our, uh, you know, we just made some assignment um, mistakes up front, and they got clean on us, and they made plays. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play way or no way our weekly guessing game. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen way or no way they cannot happen. Uh, starting off with number one, Joe, we're going to stick with football here. Uh, way or no way, based on the results from week one, uh, week nine matchup between Loyola and Mount Carmel will once again pin the two top teams in the state. Yeah, who knows how the season goes, but, um, you know, for all, you know, kind of the spirit of your question, I think, see, I think way, I think uh, they're both going to, they both look good in week one. Um, and, um, the, you know, they have tough schedules. So a loss for either of them wouldn't surprise me. It also might not change my opinion on how good they are because of the elevation of some of the teams around them. Uh, Brother Rice is better. St. Rita might be better too. So, um but I do think they'll be right up there. You know, if Lincoln Way East also doesn't lose, they might be up there too. So who knows if it's one versus two, but it doesn't matter. They'll both be up there. They're both that good, I think. And uh, so I'll say Way. Yeah, I'll go with Way there as well. I, you know, just watching what I saw of Mount Carmel against Ian St. Louis, um, they, they've just reloaded. They've got a dominating offense and that is able to run the ball. And, um, it feels like Loyola and Mount Carmel once again in the same position where you got a junior quarterback coming in and um, both maybe are going to run the ball more than they do throw the ball as opposed to last year. But um, I don't think that'll be a problem for either team. And um, I think when the two teams meet, meet up in uh, week nine, um, maybe yeah, one or two teams have a loss here or there. But I do think um, they'll be the two best teams in the state when they face off against each other. So that's a, uh, that's a definite way for me and definitely a drinking the Kool-Aid after week one. Um, let's go on to the second question here, Joe. Um, after New Cheers opening loss to Hersey and Maine South, uh, losing to Brother Rice and potentially losing their quarterback, uh, way or no way your opinion of what happens in the CSL South changed after week one? No, I, I still think that it's Maine South to lose, but Nutrier and Glenbrook South, even though Glenbrook South also lost, um, have a shot. And, you know, Deerfield won too. We'll see what Deerfield has this year. And Glenbrook North also won. But um, I still think it's those three teams will have a shot at the division. Uh, Evanson won too, by the way. Um, but I, I think it's those three teams and Maine South's good. They just um, – I think a quarterback, Maine South pumps out quarterbacks. Um, so while it might take some getting used to and, and putting the, the right pieces in place, I think they'll be fine and still a formidable opponent for anybody. Um, and I do think Nutria will improve, and I think they're already good. I, I think a 31-12 um, loss to Hersey is uh, not what you wanted, but also doesn't kill your season. So. I think I'm still right there with, I'm not sure, Maine South to lose, but Glenbrook South and, and Nutria have a shot. Yeah, I'll go with no way as well. It kind of stays the same. I think uh, Maine South and Brother Rice obviously battled in a really good game, and I think Maine South has the talent to, you know, be one of the better teams in the state. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with my original, you know, nothing really changes for me. I'm, I think Maine South still wins that division, um, but Nutria and those other teams that you mentioned also uh, – 
should be competing for uh, the division crown as well. Uh, way or no way, Joe, that uh, Highland Park started the way it needed to, um, putting on an uh, offensive and defensive show. I mean, big way. Um, I just didn't see, I, I'm sure, you know, flaws were abound and coaches will will tweak and fix things. But from an outsider's perspective, it couldn't have gone better. Um, just, just domination, scoring early and often, getting the ball in great field position, moving it consistently, um, making the right plays, it seemed, um, over and over on offense, just positive gain after positive gain. So um, I really think uh, that's what they had to do. And, and, and it certainly gives you a boost because you go – you take a huge step up to play Deerfield in week two and you got your rival, you got him at home um, and uh, a big chance to make a statement for who, who you are this season, um, win or lose. Um, so I hope they, they really are able to do something here. And I think this gives them a nice little edge coming into that game. So I'll say what. Yeah, that's a definitely a way for me as well. I think they, you know, they showed what they can do against, you know, a, a team that they should be able to do that again. So um, I am definitely going to the way there. I think Highland Park showed off how, you know, how efficiently you can run this offense, how well, you can know, how physical its defense can be. It's just about, you know, playing up to their opponents and playing the way that way against Deerfield as well. And uh, the rest of the CSL North when it comes to conference play. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a way for me. I definitely think that uh, um, that was exactly what they needed to do to start the season. All right, Joe, Nutria Boys Soccer is off to a 3-0 and start. Way or no way? this team has you feeling good about their chances for a deeper postseason run? Uh, way. I, I think they're, they're a very good team. Um, they've got a lot of pieces. Um, they, they got uh, a big early win against Conant. They beat Loyola last night, I think three to one, but they were up three nil in that game. Um, so yeah, I think they have a, a pretty, pretty good unit here. Uh, we'll see once they play um, some bigger, I think they're going to play some pretty good teams in the, in their, they're kind of, I think it's called the Northside Shootout or Northside um, North Shore Invite. I can't remember. But anyway, it'll be good. Um, but I do think they'll be up there most of the season. And let's see if they have that little extra something to get them to state that they've been so close to the past few years. Yeah, I think that's a way for me as well. I think they're one of the better teams in the state. They've obviously shown it early on. Obviously, I know you can't really make huge projections after just one week of the season. But um, they got the talent and they've obviously shown that they're able to score and uh, limit opponents defensively. So I think that's a way. Um, I think that'll, uh, they've got the talent and the experience that'll kind of lead to a deeper run um, in the postseason. All right, Joe, we've talked about, you know, Loyola does this every year, obviously with the special permits and that kind of stuff, but, you know, way or no way, uh, starting in the 2024 season, Loyola will have Friday night lights. Oh, boy. I'll say way. Um, I just think for the opposition, which the village of Wilmette um, will consider, I mean, they must consider the neighbors and how they feel and their feedback, um, and they'll put in mitigation measures um, to protect them. But I think also the support Loyal is going to get is going to be pretty strong. Um and I think a lot in the Wilmette community are going to also want this. I, but I do think it's going to be a tougher putt for Loyola than people think, just because um, I think that community that surrounds Loyola is relatively vocal. Um, so we'll see how that goes down. I just don't think it'll be easy. But I think in the end, 
um, they'll eke it out. And I don't believe the installation of four lights will be uh, too arduous a, of a construction project. So I think by 2024 is possible, um, but maybe they push it a little further down the road, but I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll go with the way there as well. It just seems like it's, it seems like it's a good thing for the community. It's obviously a good thing for the school where this isn't primarily just a football thing. Obviously you've got, um, you know, you've got more practice time and that kind of stuff on the main field instead of going over to Glenview. And um, it, it just uh, would give a lot of good opportunities for the kids. And I think loyal, it seems like Loyola has done its due diligence, you know, having two open houses and um, or community meetings, whatever you want to call them and like listening to what the residents are saying. So um, I think that they put together a good plan. They put in good mitigation. So um, I think I'll go with the way there. I think that this team will, uh, or the school um, will end up getting lights. Um, also I'll agree with you. I'm not a huge, I, I'm not uh, an expert when it comes to light construction, but I figure that's a project that can probably take a few months over the summer. So um, I think way that they should be able to get that um, in 2024 um, if everything goes the right way. All right, let's move on over to the fourth quarter where we look forward to week number two. Um, and we've got uh, a lot of spicy matchups, not only in the area, but around the state. Um, I love that teams are just playing each other now instead of just, you know, trying to get five wins. Um, you see a lot of fun matchups around the state so far. Um, and uh, let's start off with a rivalry match, Highland Park and Deerfield playing against each other. Joe, what adjustments do the Giants need to make against Deerfield where um, – Obviously, Deerfield's down to CSL South um, with bigger enrollment and that kind of stuff and more success. Uh, just what adjustments does Highland Park have to make um, to kind of prepare themselves against a rival like that? I mean, Deerfield's good, and, and Deerfield has handed it to them in the past um, few years. Um, and I, I just think they need to be ready on both sides of the football. Like last year, I believe it was 20 to nothing, and it was a tight game. Their defense really stepped up but their offense just didn't. And uh, I, I shouldn't say didn't step up, but just couldn't consistently move the football like they like they have I, the capability to. I think this is a team that can stay on the field for sustained drives with, with who they put out there and their more experienced senior offensive line this year. I think they're going to be able to do that more against Deerfield. And if you do that, we might have a pretty, pretty tight game. Um, I don't think it'll be a shootout in any way um i think it'll be a close one and it's going to be um relatively low scoring but um i'm looking forward to it i think it's i think deerfield's improved i'm sorry I'm, i think highland park's much improved and has something else to prove with all the seniors on the roster and the three-year starters and uh, they want this game bad is this a game where you if you're a coach, you're kind of like looking back at last year and being like, this, are the, this is how we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. These are the mistakes that we made. We can't make these mistakes again. Is this like a game where you really focus maybe a little bit on last year and you're kind of like, this is how we can improve and this is how we can beat them? Or is this a game where you just kind of, you know, move on and kind of let the game kind of come to them? That's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I think you can use the game because so many players are held over from that game. And I think they know, even though it was 20 to nothing, that it was close, that this wasn't a blowout. They were right there with Deerfield and, and Deerfield, especially I, I believe it was the second half where it was uh, um, a real tight game. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think you can show Tamia a little look like these few plays and we are in slash 
can win this football game. And now you guys are a year more experienced. You got a year uh, more skill built in here. Um, let's let's we're on our home field. Um, I think they got a lot of things working for them um, to kind of pull up this. Uh, I'll, I will call it an upset because Deerfield's kind of owned it the past few years. And, uh, you know, if you had a ranking through 200 or something, they probably ranked higher. Um, but um, so to pull this one off on their home field, I think it's entirely possible. And you can use last year and uh, build from it. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun matchup. And uh, obviously we'll get your prediction at the end of the podcast. Let's move on over now, Nutrier. Um, travels all the way down south to Yorkville. Uh, Yorkville, one of the better teams in the state. Joe, um, we talked about this when we were previewing the season schedule, especially a non-conference schedule. is not going to be easy for this team, but what does Nutrier need to do and kind of improve upon from Percy as they kind of travel and get ready to play a really tough Yorkville team as well? I, I mean, you could probably rewind to the podcast last year, and we probably said the same thing, but they need to score. They need to score the football. Um, Seems pretty basic. Yeah. I mean, they scored 12 points against Hersey. That was the second unit. Um, and that included a safety from a bad snap from Hersey's second unit. So, I mean, the off the first team offense did not score in this football game. They also had some significant, probably, I haven't gotten updates on these players, injuries that we'll see if they're held over for this game. I We don't know yet, but um, that could set them back on both sides of the football. And uh, so we need somebody to step up here. We need multiple people to step up. Um, they know they can't go into a, you know, for every loss, it's a deeper, deeper hole. I mean, to state the obvious, um, to get to that five wins. So, and the season gets shorter and shorter. So uh, the the very least, you got to start get improving and putting a better output and production on the field even though Yorkville might be a step ahead of you. I think that's probably the case. I, I haven't seen too much Yorkville um, and uh, they're way out there. So, um, but they're a good football team and they prove it on the field. So um, you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to step up and find a way to stay on the field and score the football. You said step up. So who do you want to step up? I mean, personally, from you, your vantage point, who do you think needs to step up and kind of, you know, maybe take ownership of the offense and the defense? I think uh, that offensive line needs to step up and Jackson McCary. Like I said, I'm not, you know, if, if a coach came and said to me, hey, this is on the, the running back or, hey, this is on, I wouldn't be surprised. It's hard for me to diagnose those things from the sideline and with my, you know, inexperience there. But uh, I think the offensive line needs to step up, get a push, get some, get some, put McCary in some good positions and Hennigan who can run the football. And we just need some positive yards there. Feel pretty good about our running game. Open things up from some of those receivers. And then uh, if that's not there, let's just start winging it, man. Let's start winging it all over the field. And maybe that will open up the run game, kind of do it in reverse. Um, I just think that offense maybe all over the place needs a little. And I said coaches too. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, scapegoating the players. I mean, we need to call a better football game and get put these guys in, in positions where they can move the football. Do you put more of the importance on the offense where it seems like the defense was able to kind of limit the damage as best as they could uh, last week against Hersey, or is this equally something where a defense, you know, you can't let up a 10 nothing lead early in the year in the game? No, I think the I think the defense, if we were to diagnose the two or grade the two, probably played better. Uh, but also how many points do you deduct for a face mask penalty that kept the drive alive or, um, you know, a big gain on third and long 
um, or missed tackles um, on third and long, I should say. Um, those are small, those are one plays, you know, single plays, but they had a huge effect on the beginning of that game. So um, we got to stop those things from happening. Otherwise, I think the defense is in pretty good shape. You know, Carson Grove got his, got his plays. He got open. He's special player um, for Hersey. Um, you just got to, um, I, I think otherwise they play well. I'm really impressed with some of the guys in that defensive unit, and I think they're going to step up in this game. I am more worried about the offense at this point. All right, let's go over now. Loyola will travel to Naperville and take on Naperville North. Uh, both teams uh, ranked at least in the top 25, if not the top 15 in the state. Um, Naperville North uh, took that home with Flossmore to start the season. But, Joe, um, for this Loyola team, is it pretty much just, you know, doing what they've been doing and, you know, kind of let the offense kind of go? Or are you kind of interested to see, you know, maybe Grand Rapids isn't as big and, you know, as good as the team may expect it. And uh, maybe we know what Naperville North is, and maybe this will be a good test for the Ramblers. I think it'll be a good test, but I don't think uh, the Ramblers are um, – I mean, you, you can lose this football game. You know, you turn the ball over four times. But um, I think the Ramblers have the advantage, um, and I think uh, they should go in and get a, get a handy um, – um, win handily um, but that's not to say you know week two maybe you overlook this opponent as you're as you're looking further down the road who knows um, you got to be ready to play but I do like uh, what Loyola is going to bring there they really impressed me in week one and um, especially the guys who we wanted to impress us the Fitzgerald McPherson and just the offensive unit as a well. whole yeah I feel like it's more of the same for this Loyola team it's just you know, let Fitzgerald throw the ball. It seems like they put a really good game plan together for week one, and I'm sure the Loyola game, uh, game plan for week two will be as good as the same. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much the Naperville North defense is able to make stops against maybe a, a, an ex, inexperienced Loyola offense where, um, you know, I saw that Homewood, that Homewood Flossmore scored, I think, around 21 points against Naperville North. So, um, and obviously I didn't see that game, but, It'll be interesting to see whether, you know, does the deep, does the defense offense kind of see maybe some adversity against a tougher defense or is the offense kind of really able to kind of keep it clicking with the defense for Loyola kind of keeping things close uh, throughout the game? Yeah, and I think it's reasonable to assume that that they'll run into a couple more challenges than they did just because they have to. I mean, at some point, yeah. you know, they, they were so successful uh, against Catholic Central. Um, and, you know, Naperville North is is a big school. It's a quality program. HF uh, is no joke. I mean, they're a traditional, um, traditionally a very good football team that can score the football, has athletes all over the field. Um, so uh, it's a nice win for them, no doubt. And I think they're ready to play. I, I don't expect a blowout. I just expect, um, you know, maybe a couple scores here. All right, Joe, let's get some predictions out of you. Uh, we got Highland Park and Deerfield week two. What do you think happens? Mm, I just, I, I'm just going to stay on the Giants bandwagon, even though it might be a little uh, bit of a homer play here in, until they kind of uh, prove me wrong um, a little bit. And uh, I'll say they they pull off kind of a nice little upset. I won't call it a shocker, but I'll call it a nice uh, upending uh, of Deerfield on their home field. And I say they do it with a field goal and defense. Um, I'll say they do it, uh, yeah, 17-14. I'm going to get off the bandwagon with you. I think Deerfield <laughs> is, is just a stronger team. I think uh, 
from what we, I mean, this this is a game where Highland Park needs to prove it. It feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like this is a game where like I saw what they did last year. They weren't able to win big games, make make big plays. And if you want to do that, this is a game where you need to prove it. So I I am going to be hesitant with them for the time being, and I'm going to go with a, a, a 21 to 13 Deerfield win. Um, but if Highland Park wins this game. I'll get on the on the bandwagon real quick. I think that this team, this is a game that they need to prove that if they want to compete for a title of the North and they want to compete for a playoff spot, this is a game at least that they need to win. If not, you know, maybe, you know, have a tight game. But so I, I, I think Highland Park loses this game, but um, I am very interested to see what happens in it because it could really determine how things go on um, this season. All right, Joe, Nutrier travels down to Yorkville. Um, another tough opponent for the Trevians. What happens in this one? Mm, I think the Trevians take their second loss. I just think there's too much to improve upon from week one to week two, and, and that's a short amount of time. Um, and you you lose at least – I think it's reasonable to say they might be down two or three guys for this game, starters um, and experience, uh, returning guys. So um, – I just I think it's too much, but I do think they play better, um, and I think they come up short in a, in a tight contest. Maybe, um, yeah, let's say they, yeah, let's say twenty four seventeen. I think Nutria is kind of in a similar spot as Highland Park for me, right? Like I want you to prove it to me and kind of show that you can compete in these types of games. And I, I with with the uncertainty of health and that kind of stuff, I don't know if I can, you know you know, choose new chair in a game like this on the road, having to travel over an hour in Friday traffic. Like I, I just think it's going to be a lot. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go Yorkville wins this one 35 to 21. Um, I think that, you know, again, with Highland, same as Highland Park, new chair prove it. Like if you want to compete for a playoff spot and you want to complete for a division title, these are the games that you need to win or at least be close. in because the schedule does not get easier at all with, uh, you know, Barrington kind of showed that it is a, uh, it's kind of the Barrington of the old um, over the past few years. So um, schedule does not get easier. So this is a game that I'm kind of like, you need to, you're going to, you know, prove that you want to compete for a playoff spot and a division title. You need to win this game, but I think Yorkville wins this game uh, 35 to 21. All right. Loyola travels to Naperville. Joe, what happens in this matchup? I like the Ramblers uh, kind of the opposite side of that coin. I'm going to ride this train until they prove me. Otherwise um, I really, I just was really impressed with what they did their opening week. Like I said, guys who I wanted to see stuff from showed me the stuff. And uh, uh, so I think they take down Naperville North in uh, a competitive, um, but um, quality win for them. Let's go with, uh, I'd like that offense score. And I'll say, um, 31 to 17. I'm right there with you. I, I A week ago, we were both kind of hesitant. We didn't know much about this team and much about Grand Rapids. And um, I feel like they answered a lot of questions. And I'm really curious to see how they do against a fellow 8A team um, this week. So I'm curious on that standpoint. But I think the Loyola wins. Um, I think the final score will probably be 27 to like 17. That feels right. Like a 10-point win, maybe a late interception with Naperville North trying to uh, – kind of time the game there, but um, yeah, I, I just think that this Loyola team has the talent. They've shown that they can game plan really well with a really talented coaching staff, so um, I think they win this game, and uh, the Ramblers start the season 2-0. Oh, All I, right, have, so that should I, be- have, I have to make an amendment. Um, 
I, I don't think – I want to ride that defense a little more than I said. I said 31-17. Let's decrease that to 31-10. I just – Okay. Defense didn't allow any points in week one, their first unit, and uh, let's say they allow zero in week two as well – or fewer in week two. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, it's, it's exciting to see what's going to happen this upcoming weekend, and the record North Shore will have everything covered for you, so make sure you're checking in with Joe and Marty and everyone else who's covering – uh, their teams this weekend uh, and uh, make sure you check out for all the latest sports results as well. Make sure you check out my work at the Friday night drive. I've got a new uh, CCLE CC notebook with a lot of great stuff in there. Um, a lot of content from around the mega conference. So make sure you check that out. And as always, make sure you subscribe and read the record North shore.org. Uh, Joe's got you covered with not only sports coverage, but everything else that is happening in the North Shore area. So make sure you subscribe, donate, and support the recordnorthshore.org. But for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy week two and another week of fall sports. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.